I want to be in your pocket. I know it sounds weird, but hear me out. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play and download the Vitruvian Lab app. This is the only app you need to improve always in all ways. Check out the Vitruvian Library, full of scientific research on health, wellness, and other great stuff. Check out my library of courses, including Massively Transformative Habits. Take the free mindset assessment. Also, shortly, I will include weekly guided training videos geared towards fitness to help you extend health span. I will be constantly updating the app with new features and courses geared towards helping you develop the absolute best version of yourself. Don't wait. Go right now. No, seriously, go and download the Vitruvian Lab app and start improving always in all ways. Now, enjoy this amazing episode of The Jason Wright Show. I have another scenario for you. Good. I'm in love with you. I apologize for the blunt delivery, but as problematical as this fact may be, I am in love with you. And I'm not feeling this because you're leaving and not because it feels good to feel this way, which by the way, it does or did before you went off like that. I can't figure out the mathematics of this. I just know I love you. Can't believe how many times I'm saying it. And I never thought I'd feel this way again, so that's pretty phenomenal. And I realize I come with a package deal, three for the price of one, and my package, perhaps, in the light of day, isn't all that wonderful, but I finally know what I want, and that in itself is a miracle. And what I want is you. Well, hey, folks, I hope you're having an incredible Saturday. All right. So I want to bring you a, a the answer to a question that I get quite frequently. And it is this. It is how do you make a second marriage work? So if you know anything about me at all, if you listen to the show, If you follow me on social media, you know that a cornerstone of my life is definitely Mrs. Wright. That would be Jimlin, who is the single most important human being in my life. I have three amazing women in my life, Rylan, my oldest daughter, Abby, my youngest daughter, and Jimlin. I consider myself incredibly blessed, and I'm also someone who 
shocked a lot of people when I decided to get remarried because I went through, and again, forgive me for not uh, giving a lot of details about the my marriage to the girl's mom because they are my daughters. I respect them, and every once in a while, they might actually get really, really bored and listen to their dad's podcast. And I don't want to ever disparage their mom or anything like that. And and I don't want this to be a a, a an episode about why, what happened and all that good stuff. That's just, that's not it. What The most important thing is where we are now and how Mrs. Wright and I have made it work so well. So a little bit of backstory. Jimlin had never been married before. She is nine years younger than I am. And essentially, she was someone that I never in a million years fathomed would find a a 42-year-old. I guess we met when I was 42. We only, quote unquote, dated. We, she, she says we never really dated. She would never say we were dating because she's like, we're just too old to say that we're dating, even though she was only 34 when we met. But um, only 129 days from the time I first had coffee with her did we end up getting engaged. And I knew I was going to marry her one week in. Isn't that crazy? It's true. I didn't tell her. Don't worry. It, I knew it would have freaked her out. And I couldn't tell anybody else because they would have just said, hey, Jason, what is wrong with you? So I started journaling. And I, I started uh, a weekend journaling to her. And in that first journal entry as a way to kind of just you know get some of this off my chest, I wrote in the journal that I now journal to her every day in, um, I'm going to marry you. I knew I was. And I want to I want this episode to be an encouragement to those of you who one you might have been like me that a lot of your self-value and your self-image and your identity was wrapped up in your family and when that fell apart you basically basically felt like a worthless piece of crap who had completely failed miserably that's exactly how I felt and it didn't matter what had happened. It didn't matter what excuses were available to say, well, this is what happened. The bottom line is the marriage had failed and I felt like a piece of crap, felt like total damaged goods. So if you're that person, I've been there. I get it. But guess what? There is hope. And what I want this episode to serve as is one, an encouragement for you to know that you are not damaged goods. And if you're a guy in particular, I want you to know women are far more forgiving, that women are far more understanding. Women see the big picture much better than we do. Whereas I remember sitting in my uh, counselor's office and I said this very thing to him. I said, you know, I, I don't know that I would ever go back into the dating game. One, because I just, I never really have dated. I mean, I had a high school sweetheart. I broke up with her to date my college sweetheart that I would eventually marry. And then I dated one person after we divorced. I knew I wasn't going to marry her. And then I was single for five years. And then I met Jimlin and the rest, as we say, is, well, it's actually history in the making. And so I, I told my counselor one time, I was like, I'm damaged goods. No one's going to want me. And he's the one that explained to me how men and women look at this whole process much differently. And so I want to give you encouragement first and foremost, if you are someone, and to the, to the women out there, it's not that I don't want to offer you encouragement as well. I absolutely do. I just, I, I have to take this from a male perspective because that's just the role that I play in this story. So I want to give you a few things that I can tell you have extended my honeymoon with Jimlin for going on four years next month. It, and, and, and how a guy who was cynical, bitter, beat down, 
and resolved to never marry again has instead realized marriage is the single greatest institution ever known to man. I am infinitely better as a husband than I ever was as a bachelor. I am madly in love with my wife and I get, I fall deeper in love with her each and every passing day. And I don't care how high you set the bar for the second go round, should you end up getting kind of just slapped across the face with this wonderful person. I don't care how, bar, how high the bar you set is. Not only do you need to set the bar high, you you actually can set the bar high, and those standards that you set for yourself will be met if you allow yourself this opportunity. So first and foremost, you've got to leverage your previous experience for success the next go around. Should there be a next go around or some of you who are in your second go around? Now, you know the statistics. The statistics say that second marriages are uh, more likely to fail than first. And I remember I clung to that and thought, well, why would anyone do that? With those odds against you, why would you just from a quantitative standpoint, why would I jump into something so, so doomed to failure? And so if you're thinking that, well, the good news is you can always hedge your bets, but here's what you have to do. Okay, so first of all, the primary ingredient, I think, for a successful first or second marriage is this, love with reckless abandon, love big, love hard, love often, leave nothing, as as used to hear in, in sports, leave nothing on the field. The best way to bulletproof, fireproof a marriage is to love completely. Treat your spouse as though you know they would never hurt you. You're you're giving them everything. You're exposing your entire heart to them every single day, 100% of the time, and you're never, ever, ever going to hold anything back. Nothing will ever secure your marriage like that. If you want to have a marriage based on absolute trust, then you have to extend trust. I trust you with my heart. Here it is. You've got it all. You've got it all. And, you know, I I played that uh, first, that little clip from the holiday uh, to start this out because I love that scene. It's, it's almost like Nancy Myers or, wh- or whoever wrote that line, that Jude Law speech. I could have so easily quoted that almost line for line at mine and Jimlin's wedding. And whenever I remember whenever I heard it or whenever I was like, oh my gosh. And I still, to this day, we, we watch The Holiday. That's one of our very first, it's usually the second Christmas movie that the girls and I watch every year. And when that scene comes up, it chokes me up because that was me. I mean, I was three for the price of one. And in the light of day, if you're Jimlin and you've looked, you're like every girl like her, you've wanted your knight in shining armor to come in and share life with you and live happily ever after. You probably didn't anticipate it being some 42 year old dude with daughters that were one was in her first year first semester of college or about to have her first semester of college and the other one falling behind her the previous year that's probably not what the picture looked like whenever you were a little girl and so i knew in the light of day it wasn't perfect three for the price of one um 
And so when I, when I see the holiday now, it's like, oh my gosh, that was almost like written for us. But it has worked and it's worked beautifully. And I think the reason why is because I didn't bring any of my walls, my guard. It doesn't matter. Look, if you're someone that has been betrayed, especially we meant is, is if you've been betrayed and harmed, as crazy as it sounds, our natural instinct will be to build a wall around our heart. We will even look to the Bible and we will read, guard the heart for it's the deceiver of your whatever. It will, the heart will deceive you. Now, I'm not, that's, that's, that's taken out of context if you try to relate it to this. No, the way that you will build trust and the best protection for your heart in a marriage is to give it to your partner completely because after all, two have become one. And so therefore, if two have become one and you're sharing a heart, give that other person as much of the heart as you possibly can. Two, you have to have learned from your past mistakes. You see, there's a, a there's a exercise that Carl Jung, the uh, psychiatrist, that uh, legendary psychiatrist, he called shadow work. And shadow work was essentially going into the deepest recesses of our personalities and finding those flaws that we have, those dragons that live in the shadows that we, if not dealt with, will literally become these big, hairy dragons haunting us. But if you look the dragon in the eye, first thing you're going to realize it's not a dragon. It might be it might be insecurity. And if you can deal with the insecurity, then you can tame the dragon within you. And so before you ever get into this second marriage, you have to be willing to turn the light on and get rid of those shadows and deal with your deficiencies. Don't bring those into the next marriage. And you have an entire history where if you're very objective and you look back over the previous relationship, look, it takes two to tango. It takes two to make a marriage. It takes two to explode a marriage. It's never 100% one or the other's fault. So you have to be willing to look at your faults, look at your dragons and slay them before you bring them into the second marriage. And you have to be objective and, and ask yourself, is this really worth it? I have, is it really worth it to bring this into this marriage? Take a hard look at yourself because here's the thing you have to realize. And I think a second, a second, you know, swing at the, at the plate, a second bite of the apple should give us all this pause to be able to, like, I feel like I've been granted the greatest do-over of my entire life by being able to be married, married to Jimelyn. And so I don't want to screw it up. And so therefore I have to go, all right, I want to be worthy of this incredible woman. Okay, I think I'm number three here. Don't settle. If you haven't married yet and you are going to go back out there, list out your non-negotiables. List out the exact type of partner you would want. And don't accept anything that remained in your previous spouse that you just never could get over, that you thought you you, you did the thing, that we the self-fulfilling prophecy. I thought I could change them. They wouldn't change, but we got married anyway, and it was a disaster. This go around, be selfish, be stingy, okay? But then here's the other side of that. When you list out your non-negotiables and when you decide I will not settle for anything less than what I have decided as the perfect spouse for me to spend the rest of my life with, I will never do this again. This is not my first go at this, but it is absolutely my last. 
then you have to make yourself worthy of that person. And that goes back to slaying those dragons. You have to be willing to cleanse yourself of that dark side, those insecurities, those selfish behaviors, that guarded heart. You have to be willing to make yourself worthy. It's like I would tell any young person who's getting married for the first time. If it's a if it's a young man, I would say, hey, if you're a prince looking for a princess, you need to make yourself worthy of a princess. And by the same token, I tell my daughters, do not settle, have non-negotiables, but sweetheart, I'm your dad. I love you. You're my princess, but I don't have to marry you. So if you want your prince, you have to make yourself worthy of a prince. Okay? Then the next thing I would suggest is this. Create routines and rituals that are unique to the two of you. If you're in my circumstance, and every circumstance is different, but if you're in my circumstance in particular where you've had this experience before, but it's your spouse's first time to be married, then I find it very, very important for you to, as quickly as possible, create moments, experiences, and routines and rituals that are unique to your relationship, that no one has ever existed in that space with you except her, and that's something that Jimlin and I are huge on. We have these two cheesy coffee mugs that Ashley Edwards, Ashley, if you're listening, gave us. We love them. They're cheesy, Ashley, but we love them, that we drink from every single Sunday. Tomorrow morning, we will be drinking from our black and white mugs. One reads hubby. The other reads wifey. Those are our Sunday coffee mugs, and we will absolutely be drinking from them. That is something that is unique to us. On Thursday nights, I fix breakfast tacos for us for dinner. That is ours. That's what we do. And you've got to create these moments that are unique and just that are all yours. They're memories that belong to you. They're rituals that belong to you. Make sure you create those moments. Never for one moment. Treat this as, while you can be grateful that it's a do-over, you're doing it with this person for the very first time, and you must always be looking for new opportunities to find novelty, to have new experiences together. You know, one of the things that Jimlin and I laugh about, (laughs) because we're usually either three miles from home or 3,000 miles from home. We're very, very sheltered. We live in a little bubble. We're not very social people, and we one time we went to Round Top. Round Top is uh, this place in uh, Southeast Texas where it's like this this huge market that happens. I think like twice a year, and Jimlin loves to go. and And we really don't do that that much. We're usually again at home at Hot Tots, which is her store, or we're traveling somewhere on vacation by ourselves or with the girls, or going to see one of the girls at school. and we were on this long drive. I think it was like three and a half hours to round top. And we were just like two little kids with awe and wonder going, Oh, wow. Look at this place. Oh, this is so cool. Look at this beautiful pasture, you know? And so take road trips, preferably more often than Jimlin and I do, but find those moments where the two of you can both go out and do something together that you normally wouldn't do. I would never go to round top without her. She would probably, she wouldn't go to round top without me. It's not as fun, but together we get to make it into our road trip and make and create an experience. And look, have date nights. We're not very good at this because we truly say this to people and, and it sounds so cheesy and I'm probably gonna make some of you throw up in your mouth, but we basically every night for us is kind of like a date night. It really is. I mean, even if we don't leave the house, we'll pop popcorn and watch a movie and 
we have now we've added to our our experience uh, these uh, popsicles that we these these fruit bar popsicle things and so that's our thing now you know every night we're gonna that we can we're gonna watch a movie and I can't eat popcorn because I just got braces that's right forty eight year old with braces we're a lot of fun uh, can't have our popcorn but for dessert we have this freezer full of these fruit popsicle things and so that's our thing we do. It's kind of, that's our thing. We've created these little moments that don't cost a lot of money, don't take up a lot of time, but they are uniquely ours. And I encourage you to do that. Do that. And then I would say, pick your battles and be reminiscent. Be And be willing to be very blunt. Shorten the lines of communication. Shorten feedback loops. I remember one time, but right before Jimlin and I got married, we were still, I mean, look, Jimla and I have been married almost as long as we've known each other. We wasted no time. Just where we were in life. Look, I mean, I'm older uh, at 34 and had never been married. She was older for someone getting married. So we didn't waste a lot of time. We were, we were ready and we knew it. So, but we were still up until the day we said, I do kind of figuring some things out. And so one time she got kind of snippy with me about something. I'm sorry, sweetheart, telling on you a little bit. And the old me would have flared up, made that all about me, gotten really pissed off and defensive. But because I had the artifacts of a previous relationship to look back upon and, and, and had a more context and more appreciation for what I had now found, I was willing to sit her down and say, hey, you don't have to be upset with me. And it kind of freaked her out. She like, she, she, was, she, felt, more, <laughs> she felt more sad about how gentle my response was than the anger that she initially felt, which was because I had hired a painter that was messing up the parking lot, the store. And that's a whole different story, (laughs) but um, she was really kind of taken aback. And so I would tell you kind of like the George Costanza do the opposite. Whenever you feel yourself wanting to be mad instead, instead of being defensive and trying to make your case instead, if you really know in your heart of hearts that you've done something wrong, say you're sorry really quickly. You will be, and this works for first and second marriages, but the bottom line is second marriages, look, there's more at stake. There's more history. You're probably older. You're more set in your ways. So that's what we're talking about today. Whenever it comes to apologies, make it quickly and watch this. This is magical. Are you ready for me? If you are willing to say really quickly, you know what? I'm sorry I did that. That was stupid. That was dumb of me. The response you're most likely going to get is, no, it wasn't that big of a deal. I, you know, I don't even know why I got upset about that. It's nuts. Check me out. Try it. And also, you know what happens to you? It's not just the reaction of the other person. When you admit and say, you know, I'm sorry, that was dumb. Why did I do that? And if you're willing to, most of the time when we get really, really defensive, it's because we're trying to build this, we're trying to build a wall around this, this little dump that we've taken for the moment. We don't want anybody to see it. So we're trying to cover it up. When in reality, if we would just go, you know what? That was dumb. I just took a dump in this conversation. I'm sorry. And here, let me clean this up. People are pretty doggone quick to forgive, especially a spouse that has a lot at stake, like your marriage, to forgive you really quickly. But you got to be willing to jump out there and do it. The last thing I would say to make any marriage but in particular, a second marriage work is treat the person like 
they are the person you want them to be. Treat them as though they are the ideal person you had in mind when you married them. Nothing, look, you can only control you. But if you want to try to, and I don't, I don't want to, it's, I'm hesitant to say to shape the person into the type of person you want them to be because they shouldn't, <clears throat> excuse me, you should, you're not trying to shape them into something that they're not. But if you want them to be who you thought they were, treat them that way. Here's what I mean by that. Ladies, if you want your husband to get rid of the beer gut, to exercise and be healthy, just to live longer because you want him around longer because he's, he's an awesome dude. Every single time you see him with his shirt off and he looks and, he, and you know he's been trying, tell him, wow, you look amazing. You look really good. Husbands, if you want your wife to feel sexy and you want to have a really good intimacy with her, tell her, my God, you look amazing. You look so gorgeous, sweetheart. And if you really want to know how to have a very good and healthy intimate life, you let her know that it doesn't have to be sex. You're just fine. Dare I say it, you are just fine to cuddle. If you will just hold your wife and love her and make her feel safe, first and foremost, a woman must feel safe. There is nothing sexier to a woman than a man that makes her feel safe. Not, and ladies, don't get mad at me, not because you're weak and you need protected. The feminists, simmer down. I'm not saying that, but admit it. Even the most feminists out there listening, you got you to gotta admit, there's something pretty sexy about knowing you can take care of yourself, but wanting this guy to join you in the process of taking care of you and knowing that this guy is more interested in you, your safety, your well-being, you feeling good about yourself, you feeling confident than him knocking it out for the night. So men, get good at cuddling. Get good at just spending time with your spouse, loving her, understanding her, figuring out what makes her feel understood, accepted, cherished, adored, respected, and most importantly, safe. If you are her safe space, then their intimacy will never be a problem. I assure you. All right. I hope that this brought someone, a couple. I hope that this was good enough that maybe one, the, the, the man or the woman, maybe you listen to this and you go, I really want to bring my spouse back to hear what this guy had to say. Um, I do think, and, and again, I'm a guy that said that I once told Someone I thought marriage was the dumbest institution. Why would anybody do it? It made no sense to me. I, I said that. I confess that. I'm being fully transparent. That was dumb. Marriage is a beautiful institution. I wouldn't be a fraction of the man that I am without Jimmelyn Wright. She has made me such a better man. Look, it was a cheesy movie line that became a song from Jerry Maguire whenever Tom Cruise told Renee Zellweger, you complete, you complete me. But I can tell you this. Jimlin completed me as a man. I was walking through this earth or walking around this earth, not a complete man. I didn't know that it was Jimlin that was the missing ingredient. I didn't know that. But I can tell you with 100% assurance, it absolutely was. 
And now that I have her, I, I feel complete. And so that's what I want for each and every one of you. If, if, if the first round, you didn't make it. First of all, I'm sorry. If you had children when you went through it, I'm so very sorry. I'm so sorry. It is so painful. It's like sucking a lemon through a straw. It freaking sucks. If you're a man, for a lot of you, it rips you. It just rips your heart out. It just demoralizes you. It emasculates you. But, but, now I'm a believer. God in heaven has an amazing way of making beauty of ashes. I'm living proof of it. One of the things that I always say about my marriage to Jimlin is that there is no greater example of God's restorative nature for his children to me in my life than Jimlin Wright. I hope this was encouraging to you. I hope you have an amazing rest of your weekend. Thanks for listening to The Jason Wright Show. And whether it's your relationships, your marriage, it's your health, it's your mind, whatever it is, never, ever, 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 ever stop improving. Always, in all ways, I'm Jason, and I'm out.